You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah. Welcome to Ask the Sheikh program on Radio Ramadan. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us, um, the issue, the question uh, today is about Islam and education, all different aspects of it, from educating your children to finding out more about Islam yourself and learning more about Islam as well. Now, this is a topic which is close to everyone's heart, especially if they have children, um, especially if you are yourself maybe trying to rediscover the faith um, and learning more about your own deen. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and uh, in the Quran, and also the Prophet ﷺ stressed education many, many times. Um, and what we want to look at is different aspects of it. We want to look at um, what you should be teaching your children, what is it you should be learning yourself, um, what is it that you need to know uh, as a Muslim, the basics of Islam, and where you can go to learn about Islam. It's not easy, of course, um, not having different um, avenues or options when it comes to actually learning about Islam. And so this is another thing that we want to try and discuss today. And we're very honoured to have our special guest and our Sheikh um, Abdul Aziz with us. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi Abdul Aziz. Wa alaikum salam. Wa alaikum salam. Alhamdulillah. Um, Sheikh, we're going to be talking about uh, Islam and education as myself, uh, Zubair, and uh, Brother Azhar in the studio today as well. Assalamu alaikum Azhar. Alhamdulillah, good. Uh, Sheikh, if you don't mind, let me just introduce you very quickly. Sheikh Abdulaziz, uh, born and educated in England. Uh, he's trained as a primary school teacher, but of course has taught at all levels from nursery to university. Uh, he is an author and translator and studied with some of the greatest scholars of our time uh, in many different countries, including uh, Yemen as well and in Saudi Arabia. Uh, Sheikh Abdulaziz is the author of The Essentials of Islam, The Book of Worship, uh, Book of Taqwa by Imam Haddad, um, and a number of others and currently he lives and studies in Scotland uh, with his wife and young son so again uh, Sheikh Salam Sheikh just to get us started then about Islam and education uh, one of the questions that is always kind of posed by uh, people of um, who are young students is what, what is it essentially that a, a person as a Muslim needs to know in terms of their deen well what, what we need to know falls into different categories we have what we call Farad al-Ain that which every individual needs to know and they are the basic beliefs of Islam. They're the basic acts of worship of Islam. Mm-hmm. And then those things which are required for you to fulfill your, your life duties. So uh, somebody that's in business needs to know enough about business to run his business in a halal way. Somebody that's involved in, um, for example, in myself, education, I need to know what is permitted within that, within those fields. Somebody that's in law needs to know what the what's permitted in terms of contracts and things. So that's what we call fardu'ain, the, the compulsion that is on each individual. And then there's what we call fardu'kifaya, that which needs to be known by the community. So we need to have doctors, we need to have um, uh, we need to have plumbers, we need to have builders. But this isn't a compulsory knowledge on every individual. It's compulsory on the community, the compulsion on the community. And then there's things which are um, not compulsion. These are just beneficial mm-hmm. uh, aspects of knowledge, and they are cover things of uh, um, like gardening. And uh, the mm-hmm. community doesn't have to have gardeners, but uh, it does have to have doctors. Mm-hmm. And likewise, there's elements of Islamic law, which we don't need to have. Indivi- individuals don't need to be specialists, in, but the community needs to have a few of them around. So there's different levels of of, of what comes to the compulsion, compulsory knowledge. 
Jake, you, you mentioned people who, for example, have different skills and different uh, sets of knowledge. There's, I mean, a student, for example, who's going through university and maybe struggles with the idea of wanting to learn more about Arabic and more about their dean, but at the same time studying uh, a degree in a completely different subject at university. So that kind of uh, battle where they're torn between that. I mean, we find that quite common among students. Uh, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who's maybe torn between that? Well, again, they need to understand what is what is compulsory upon them, what and what is beneficial to them. And um, if they're if they're studying medicine, then mm-hmm. it's it's very important that they become good doctors. And and therefore, if they were to dilute their studies by by um, uh, being too broad in what they try to do, um, for example, if they decide that they want to um, become half his Quran in a way that they're not, when they don't have the capacity to do both then they really need to prioritize. And it might be, in the case of the example you gave of Arabic, that Arabic, what a person needs to know, is the basic to be able to fulfill his basic duties. They need to be able to read the Quran sufficiently well, pronounce the words of the Quran in the prayer, etc. Mm-hmm. And beyond that is not a compulsion. So um, if it's not a compulsion on that in this individual at that time, it might be that they need to prioritize, what can I do at this particular time now? And what can I do? Perhaps I can delay this and make an intention to do this in the future. And it's important that they they prioritise their studies. Um, and that's that's the, the case for everybody. Uh, in the case of the reverse of this, Imam Nawawi, who was a great uh, scholar of, of, of hadith and Arabic language and and Quranic studies and an expert in many many areas, mm-hmm. found that he had some time in his day, so he decided to add medicine in. Um, and then he started studying medicine and then he realized that once he pushed himself over the limit he actually became less skillful in his scholarship and he started to have in his case he actually started to have medical problems as well as a result of him uh, pushing himself into a a realm that wasn't wasn't needed Mm -hmm. and then when he withdrew from that and he stopped those extra studies he realized studies improved his ability to teach improved therefore the lesson from that uh, from just general life. Just going back, I'm um, going to the uh, opposite end of the spectrum. Sheikh, say for example, you've got like a you know parents, they have a young child. Um, what would you recommend in terms of age? Would they start their um, you know their Islamic education? You're learning to read their prayers, how to read the Quran. Would you have any kind of guidance as to how as to what age they should maybe start that at? Yeah, that's an interesting question because uh, I would start the education of a child um, at the time when you decide to get married. And, and that's what the classical scholars have said, um, is that uh, when you when you choose your spouse, you choose the person that you want to be the father or your, the mother of your child. And that's the first the first part of education, is, is and that's where it starts. And then it continues through through that marriage. And then when when the the, the child is conceived, um, you start to read to the child before the born, the baby is born, because hearing develops in the womb. As soon as the hearing is developing in the womb, then that's the time that you should expose that child to good good sound. You should expose the child to listening to Quran and um, and stimulate the child from that point. And so the Islamic studies begins when you decide to 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 get married and you start to look to, to choose your spouse who will be the mother or your father of, the, of that child. Okay. Excellent, Sheikh. Thank you very much. Sheikh, there's a question here about um, children who uh, have to start praying 
at an early age now there's a hadith of the Prophet وسلم, about uh, getting children to pray at the age of seven uh, I mean how do you suggest that a parent would uh, start off um, with a young child to try and encourage them to pray well at the time that the child the prayer becomes compulsory is when the child becomes balik becomes uh, an adult so at the time of, of puberty but the Prophet tells us to, to prepare the child for that so that you start at the age of seven. But you actually start, as I said, well before that is when you choose your spouse. So when you've chosen your spouse, what I mean by this is you, you're creating an environment for that child to grow up in. So your husband or your wife, the mother and the father, they create an atmosphere for the child to develop in. And if that atmosphere is, a, is an atmosphere of prayer and the Quran and the child will just see it and imitate it. Uh, and there's many a, many a time where I've seen a child, and when they realize that they're going to, it's time to pray, mm-hmm. they'll go and get a, a scarf. Why? Because they only pray with their mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So what's yeah. happened there is that they're lear- obviously they're not learning the laws of prayer, but they're learning the, the behavior of prayer. Um, and, and that's a, a sad situation where they, they only, that, they, that they associate the prayer only with the mother. But that's where, where it starts, is that they start to pray by seeing their parents. And then as soon as they start to, uh, basically as soon as they're born, they should be, they should be exposed to Quran, so that when the words, when they, when they form, form, start to form their language, and language, the, the key stage of language, language development, is, is in the first 18 months. Mm-hmm. And almost all the sounds that a child is ever going to be able to articulate they would have heard in the first 18 months of their, their life. So if they've never heard the Ain, <coughs> they only, they've only heard all the, 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 the letters of, of the English alphabet, but they haven't learned the, the Ain or the Qaf, mm-hmm. then they, they're going to have difficulty pronouncing or making the prayer because they haven't heard the Arabic language, so sufficient of the Arabic language, or they'll find it difficult. So the prayer starts by those very, very early days, not, not just when is when they can mm-hmm. start to, to see, they can start to hear. And then if they grow up in that environment, then as they start to develop from those, they, they start to articulate the sounds. Mm-hmm. Then, you, then you teach them the words, and the first words you, you teach them are um, Bismillah, Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar. And these are things that they just don't learn for the prayer, they learn for life. And then they start sure. to learn the Fatiha, then they learn the Tashahud, and then they've got the prayer. So okay. this should be starting well before seven, um, and hopefully by the time they get to the point of seven, they're, they're quite used to it, and then you make it regular that they, that they pray on time, that they pray with you, and that they understand the, the importance of prayer. Okay, so we've actually had a question in as well, Sheikh, um, kind of from that young age group. Um, as person was asking, my kids are at a schooling age. Islamically, should I be sending them to a single-sex school, or can you send them? is it permissible to send them to a mixed school?
fulfill that duty. So some people think, oh, just sending them to a single-sex school is all that is required in Islam, or not sending them to the school and homeschooling, mm-hmm. or sending them to a good Catholic school. What you really need to do is, is this situation the one that is going to help me fulfill my duties as a, as a Muslim towards my children? Well, Sheikh, um, sorry to interrupt you. So you didn't mention homeschooling. I mean, what are your thoughts on uh, on homeschooling? Um, like I say, it, it, these these are, you need to consider how what what are what is the best situation for you for you to fulfil your your duties. Mm-hmm. And if there is a, um, and homeschool is one of those possibilities, and I have those those people that homeschool very well. Um, you know, they fulfil their duties and, and, and they, they can produce very strong children. But there are also a lot, a lot of people that homeschool very poorly. Um, there's also a lot of schools that provide very poor education and there are a lot of Muslim schools that provide very poor education. Mm. So I wouldn't say that one model fulfils everybody's duties. Um, and, and that's one of the problems that we have is that we think that just sending them to this school is going to make is going to be enough, or just sending them to a Muslim school, or just homeschooling is going to be enough. It's not. It takes a lot of effort, and it takes a lot of um, uh, vision, and it takes even more vision when you're homeschooling, um, because you need to develop the child socially, and that's also a duty that you have to your children, is that they can live their life in a society. So if the only way that they can practice their Islam is in the home, then they've not really learned Islam. Okay. So therefore, you need to provide uh, an environment which will allow them to function in society. Thank you, Sheikh. What would you say, for example? I think it's, a, um, it's something which uh, Muslim parents face quite often in the UK and with their children in school. How would you advise them in terms of when it comes to celebrations, say, you know, Christmas time, Easter, that kind of thing? How, what kind of things do you think the parents should be doing in that situation? Should we let them partake in it because you know we're part of British culture? Or just almost have like a stance and say, no, but this is our beliefs. This is not something that we would believe in. I think, I think ultimately, children need to know what um, is going on around them in society, mm-hmm. and that's um, not. It, it's not that they need to understand Christmas. They need to understand Easter. They need to understand Valentine's Day. They need mm-hmm. to understand everything that's going on in around them, and simply pretending that they don't exist is not going to, 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 to really produce young people that can function in society. Yeah. So we know what the ultimate goal is, is that we can have people that understand society, function within society, and can deal with, with what, what's going on around them. Now, the steps towards that will be individual, um, and they'll be based on, on the circumstances of that particular family or that particular individual. Um, and therefore, it, it's it's not a simple answer. You never send kids to to school you know, during the month of December because all they do is celebrate Christmas. Mm-hmm, yeah. that, that's not an option. But there are certain things that you, you, you might say, this is not acceptable and I need to tell them and I need to tell my child that this is not um, something that I want them to participate in. And that's absolutely fine. But those decisions are the decisions of the parents, not the decisions of, of um, the the wider community and if my neighbour um, feels that they can teach their child um, in a particular way and will allow them to to, to um, attend certain things in, the, in at school that, that perhaps I don't mm-hmm. I shouldn't be judgmental towards them because ultimately 
goal, which is that we want to produce young people that can function in society. And it's an individual answer. Um, mm. uh, you know, different schools offer different types of things. Um, for example, I'm not that worried so much about the, the religious elements of, of Christmas. Mm -hmm. I'm more worried about the commercial elements and the materialism of Christmas than I am. And that's what I would like. I would want my child to, to, to be guided yeah. through. Thank you so much, Sheikh. Sheikh, uh, one question that has come up. Um, with uh, Ramadan, there's a lot of reminders from different charities about helping people who are in uh, war zones and conflict areas around the world, especially in Syria and, and Burma and Bangladesh and so forth. Um, these kind of uh, things, how, how would you go about explaining to a young child who asks um, their parents about the situation that uh, other people find themselves in, in very difficult situations? How do you go about explaining about death and war and conflict to maybe a child of seven, eight years old? I think I think if you if you've got that um, understanding that I've, I've tried to, 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 to say the path that we're taking is that the education starts very early. Mm -hmm. So a child has grown up um, learning about Allah, um, and, and um, Imam al-Ghazali, for example, says the first words that a, a child should learn is Bismillah, and he should learn to eat his right hand. And this is based on a hadith where the Prophet says, "Teach them Bismillah, teach them to eat with their right hand, right hand." What, why is this important is that, that they recognize that with food, with nourishment, Allah's name is being associated. So the, the, the concept of Allah being there is, is, is known, even if it's just in terms of the words in the beginning. Um, and then as they get to a point where they can start to understand that there is a, a, a God, there is a, a, a greater being called Allah, that's the point where you can start to address these intellectually, because if they don't know that, mm -hmm. then you can't um, address the why question of, of, of worldly disasters and, and famine and things like that. Mm -hmm. They know if they've understood that there is a God, there is, that Allah exists, then you can start to talk to them that Allah is just, Allah is kind, and that these the people that are facing difficulties now, Allah will look after them in the hereafter. And that uh, that that, uh, that, um, that 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 war is something which Allah has allowed, mm -hmm. because He will take people to judgment um, about those actions, and that's the way that that you you can introduce that con that conversation. But if you haven't talked about who who Allah is, then you can't have that conversation, and then that means the conversation should be limited to that's very sad, and let's give some money to the uh, mm -hmm. and not move into the why elements of that. So it's really, as the saying says, speak to people according to their intellectual understanding. That's very, very important when it comes to children. Children are, de are a on a developmental journey, mm -hmm. an intellectual journey. And you have to speak to them according to that, the point on the journey that they're on. Okay. Kind of um, fast-forwarding a little bit here, Sheikh. Say if um, you know, you've got a grown adult, um, you know, they've passed the point of education, they've had a university degree, They've had their time, you know, you know, learning about the Quran. You know, they've, well, they've read the Quran, should I say? They're practicing. They do their prayers. What more can they do as an adult to, you know, continue that education? What kind of avenues can they go down if they're, you know, a working class citizen and they have like a full time job, etc.? I think everybody needs to organize what priorities for themselves. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that uh, everybody should try and, and connect to, to Islamic knowledge is by taking what we call a wirt. A wird is something which you do on a regular basis. 
So, um, uh, so you should take a regular portion of your day should be given to reading Quran. A regular portion of your day should be given to uh, doing dhikr. Mm-hmm. And a regular portion of your day should be given towards study. Um, and if you do this, you'll find that with time, you'll see that you can actually achieve a great deal. Um, but uh, uh, if you just don't dedicate yourself 15 minutes a day to reading one thing, mm-hmm. you see over, over the months, you'll start to build up a bank of knowledge, which is, um, uh, is, is, is realistic if you've chosen the right kinds of things. And that's what, what the, everybody, everybody should be aiming to do. Um, to set themselves a little bit every single day. And this is based on the hadith of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said that the most beloved actions to Allah are those which are done regularly, mm-hmm. even if they're small. So everybody can read something. Everybody can study something in the deen. And the Quran starts with iqra, read. So we must put this into our life every single day. And just mm-hmm. take start with something simple. Mm-hmm. One of the best ways is 40 hadith of Imam Nawawi, for example. These are 40 very, very simple, very basic hadith, and then study them. Um, mm-hmm. And then take something once you finish that, something else. Great advice. Uh, we've only got a few minutes left now, and uh, we are going to, inshallah, hopefully explore this topic uh, further uh, in one of the other shows. Just one which la- well, last question someone's actually texted in. They're asking about their six-year-old, so they're t- talking about children again in schools, and they're saying that, uh, what do you say to your six-year-old who comes home from school saying that his teacher said that boys can marry boys? You start to pick up. <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you don't need to, to. You can just say, well, um, it, you know, Allah doesn't, you know, approve of, of this. And mm-hmm. that, um, if other people want to do that, their business, but we believe in Allah, and Allah has said that um, that that's not acceptable. And just um, uh, make it clear like that, you mean? Yeah. Okay then, brilliant. Shazakallah khair. I think that's uh, us run out of time, sadly. Um, Honoured if you could join us again, Sheikh Abdulaziz, uh, another night before sure. the end of the month. So Shazakallah khair for today. Assalamu alaikum. For more information and to listen to more podcasts, visit us at arc.score or check out the Arc Media app.